Hello there, I'm Ethan. I'm Noah. And you're listening to the only pop culture podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, songs, current events, politics, medicine, investments, and marsupials. Each episode, we invite one esteemed guest to tell us what they think is good, and then we tell them if they're a piece of shit. Spoiler alert, they are. Welcome to Good Taste, Bad Apple. I think little of you. You piece of shit. Why would you defend that? That is not art. All right. We are excited to say that we are here this week with our good friend, Malia. Malia, you want to say hello? Hi. Oh, what a resounding, enthusiastic hello. Ethan, you want to say a couple things about Malia? Sure. Um, Malia is well known for her singing <laughs> and her tap dance abilities. Yeah, check so. Mm. Yeah, that's all I have to say. But my question is, does she have good taste? I, oh, that's interesting. We'll find out. I can answer that mm. for you if you want. Um, no. Okay, we'll stop trying to do our job. Um, no. <laughs> you know, everyone who comes onto this podcast, Ethan, thinks they can do it better than we can. And, you know, that's probably true, but it doesn't make it right for them to say they can. Mm. But it hurts. It feels pretty bad. Yeah. Leah, have you had a good summer? Have you been... Uh... Have I been what? <laughs> I don't know. Have you been hanging out? Like, what have you been? You've been watching a lot of good things. I've I've been fine. I've watched things that are fine, and every day is just the same as every other day. Profound words. Mm. Mm. Wonderful. Well, that could bring us to our first offering. Uh, Malia, you brought us some TV show called Guys Grocery Games. What? You want to tell the listeners what this Uh, is all about? Who's this guy? Uh, well, this guy, his name is Guy Fieri. Um, I think he won Next Food Network star or something. I don't know exactly how he got famous, but he's famous. And he has a grocery store, and he invites chefs to the grocery store. And then he tortures them with weird carnival games and makes them cook for him. And then they win money. And by carnival games, you mean those games where you have like the big hammer and then you hit the thing and then the like thing goes all the way up and it's like things like that kind of game. I or do, really you mean... do mean that. Yes, that is <laughs> games. Or you don't mean uh, carnival games like the uh, celebration in Brazil. I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe he's done okay. a Brazil episode. If he's anything, he's cultured. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> now, Malia, I noticed that. Um, speaking of being cultured, you didn't pronounce his name correctly. Could you um, say it for the listeners one more time? Uh, I know how to pronounce it, but I don't <laughs> like doing it. He always says it's Guy Fieri, and that's <laughs> But yeah. I'm not pretentious, so I'm not going to do that. Or cultured, for that matter. Correct. Yeah, we can't go. all be Guy Fieri. Wait, so Malia, I, I have a question. Uh, this is the first cooking show we've had brought in, and I would just like to know, like, do you like to cook? Like, is that where some of the interest comes for you? Before we dive specifically into Guy's Grocery Game. I do, in fact, like to cook. Yes. 
Are there specific things you like to cook? Is there a fan uh, favorite? Asian food. Mm. I, like, I don't know. I like doing it. I'm not very good at it. Well, neither is Guy Fieri, but uh, <laughs> he's made a career out of it. He doesn't cook. He makes other people cook while he watches. And then has some bomb-ass catchphrases. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of which, what, what's your favorite uh, Guy Fieri catchphrase? Um, I'm sorry. I think you pronounced his name incorrectly. Ooh, I'm alternating between the two because uh, I'm cultured. Catchphrase. He doesn't use a lot on Guy's Grocery Games. It's more like bad puns. Mm, I don't know. I don't, I don't know is one thing he said before. So yeah, that could be a catchphrase. I mean, I don't watch the show for Guy. Oh. That's interesting. That's, that feels like a pretty big piece of the show. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Actually, watching it for the first time, I was surprised by how little he is featured. It's kind of nice. All his other shows are just him doing stuff. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, this pizza needs more hamburger. I would like to know then, so what's the... Like, what's the draw to this over, say, Cutthroat Kitchen or some one other one of those challenge shows that basically just doesn't have Guy Fieri in it? Well, I mean, Cutthroat Kitchen's a whole other ball game mm, because true. that one is less exciting because it's basically impossible for them to make good food, you know, because all of their ingredients are wet and, like, on fire and stuff. <laughs> I like Guy's Grocery Games because it is not anything more than what it says it is. It is not trying <laughs> to be special. It is not trying to be accomplished. I think Chopped has gone off the deep end of trying to be like a serious cooking show. Uh, Guy's Grocery Games doesn't give an F. It is just mindless fun, and I enjoy that. Mm, I can appreciate that. Those fuckers over at Chopped, ugh. Ugh, I know. Now, Malia, another major component of the game is shopping, grocery shopping. Um, would you say that you're someone who enjoys grocery shopping? Uh, no. <laughs> there are people out there that do. Well, I don't. All right. And why not? Was it, do you not like any shopping or is it specifically the grocery? I don't like any shopping generally um, in these current times. Grocery shopping mm. is alarming. Also, and this is real, I have a genuine aversion to the grocery store Wegmans because I have experienced multiple anxiety inducing things while inside of Wegmans and now I don't like going in there anymore. Before the pandemic or during the pandemic? Before. Years oh, ago. Oh, interesting. Can we, can we hear about them or are they on the DL? Oh, I mean like I doubt my toxic friend from high school will ever <laughs> listen to this. But oh, she, you'd be surprised. Yeah, well... <laughs> Don't put this in. Alexis McCall, if you're listening, <laughs> I, I can't go in Wegmans anymore because on more than one occasion, I was in Wegmans grocery shopping for my family and she called me and like screamed at me for various reasons. Oh. I'm in there because it's just like, with Alexis, I haven't talked to her in two years. Is she going to call me? I don't know. She sounds fun. Yeah, you know. Like Will she be around the corner yelling at me kind of way? She sounds like she could be on shop. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Um, if there was another celebrity who had to host Guy's Grocery Games, who would it be? I don't know any other celebrities named Guy. Mm. It could just be a male identifying person. No, no, no. But it could be a French person named Guy. 
It's triple G, so it has to still be that. I don't know. About, what What about Greta Gerwig? That would be quadruple quadruple G. <laughs> Greta uh, Gerwig's grocery gate. Yeah, I'd like that. Yeah, yeah I'd watch that definitely. I'd, I'd watch that. Wait, so Malia, when did you start watching this? Like, when when did this become a thing that is is one of your favorite television shows? Um, I've been. Well, when did I start watching it and when did I first see it are different things because I feel mm. as though I've seen episodes of it sporadically throughout my life. But sort of in the past year, I, well, the past like three years, I've been super into cooking shows. And in the past year, I got really into Guy's Grocery Games sort of as a break from like Top Chef and Chopped and all of the ones that take themselves seriously. That makes sense. And would you include Beat Bobby Flay in that category? I, I think Beat Bobby Flay lives in a happy medium. <laughs> yeah, I've always thought of that as a show that straddles the line pretty well. Like, it's fun, but it, the food's also good. Yeah. Malia, who do you think is the most insufferable celebrity chef? Ooh. Hmm. The most ins- uh Maybe Richard Blaze. He really annoys me. Who else? Ugh, Marcel Vigneron. He's awful. I don't know who that is. What about Gordon Ramsay? I don't know. He's British. Uh, He's fine. No. Yeah. Yes. No. Yes. Um, is John Irving Irving a chef? Robert. Robert Irving. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He is uh very muscular for a yeah, chef. Yeah. Scares the shit out of me. I really hate the way he looks. Robert, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not. Wait, so Ethan, I've been told you have a personal vendetta against Bobby Flay. Is this true? Yeah, I take issue with him. And is it the hair? What is it? Uh, <laughs> I uh, bet on a horse at a horse race one time. And uh, the horse should not have won. Like, I don't know anything about horse racing. And so my friends and I just put a bunch of money on this horse because we like the name maybe. And um, the horse came very close to winning. It looked like the horse that we bet on had won at first. Uh, turns out it lost by less than a tenth of a second to Bobby Flay's horse. And so it wasn't like I lost a ton of money or anything, but I stood to win quite a bit of money. And uh, Bobby Flay took that away from me. So, um, and, he, and he did it on purpose. He bought that horse uh, knowing that he was going to screw me over. And so, uh, yeah, I think he's a real sack of shit. <laughs> All I That's heard cool. is that you bet on horses. No, it's fair. Um, Wait, did you miss the rest of that story? No, I just stopped listening after that. The image of Ethan with a cigar, smoking it, taking big puffs and betting on horses, that was just too much for you? Yep. Yeah, can't blame you this for that. This particular horse race, it's called the uh, the Belmont Stakes. It takes place in New York City. And uh, it's the third of like the three big horse races. The other two are ones I don't know. Oh, the first one is the Kentucky Derby. In any case... Yeah, thank you. Uh, my friends and I went to it dressed up like it was the Kentucky Derby, but it's not. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of um, like grizzled New York gamblers. And for them, it's just another day at the track. And then they're like obnoxious 20-year-olds wearing like seersucker suits and big hats and like <laughs> pretending that it's an actual event. And it wasn't. It was just us walking around these people that were like betting their mortgage payment <laughs> on like down card races and then we walked in there and pretended like we belonged and we didn't and uh they let us know about that and then bobby flay took our money away you could go on the show um bobby yeah and take issue with him after i lose to him i'll be like and you you ruined me and 
then I would maybe like pull out a knife or something and the producers would have to restrain me. Yeah. It'd be a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I can see myself doing that. Um, Malia, a uh, question that is maybe a little more related to the TV show that you brought on. <laughs> um, yeah. Have you ever heard of supermarket sweep? No. So I remember watching this as a kid. It was on like daytime television on weekends. I think um, it was like the original grocery based like game show. And I think it started back in like the seventies. It's been on for a while. Um, I don't know if it is nowadays actually, uh, but it was a similar thing. I think there were more game show elements to it. Uh, and it wasn't as much about cooking or at least the one I saw wasn't, it was more about just like grabbing as much shit as you can in the grocery store and trying to maximize the value of your cart before you checked out and the time ran out. Um, so do you think, uh, guys, grocery games rip that off at all? Or do you think Guy Fieri is, um, uh, you know, entirely original and a once in a lifetime genius. And he came up with this idea, uh, separate of the other game show. I feel like the way you have set up this question makes it very clear which one you think is the answer. Yeah. Um, I guess my answer would be I don't care. All right. That is a fair question and a fair answer. There you have it. I would like to know, Malia, and I think this is pretty like important to the show, would Guy Fieri be hotter if his hair weren't dyed, or is this as hot as he could be? You know, in all of my year of watching this show i have never once considered guy fieri in a sexual context which i'm now doing um i don't know i feel like you should leave it like that it's kind of a hook you know yeah i only think about him in a a sexual context we are not the same yeah no every time i see him i just picture him with his shirt off slathering uh like a generic barbecue sauce on his body a generic and, uh, one. He has his own. Oh yeah, my but God. he wouldn't waste it on his, his body smearing sauce. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just whispering, do you want to go to Flavortown? And you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Malia, here's another fun fact about Guy Fieri. God, I have to say it correctly. Or not correctly. I'm going to say it one way. Malia, here's another fun fact about Guy Fieri. When he was 10, he was thrown from a horse, then subsequently trampled on by it. And to this day, he has a scar on his stomach from that event. Um, if there was some kind of animal that you had to watch fight Guy Fieri uh, besides a horse, what would it be? Hmm. A uh, human? Humans are animals. That's a good answer. Mm-hmm. That's a very like no, smart third grader answer. What? Yeah. Yeah. Like that kid in your class, you're just like, ugh. Like... Yeah, like that yeah, kind of that, thing. That was oh, yeah. and still is me. So. <laughs> okay, Thomas, we all know that a, a tomato is technically a fruit, but let's be honest, it's a vegetable. Right, exactly. Doodle D. Doodle D indeed. Um, I would have picked a kangaroo. I think uh, that'd be fun to watch the kangaroo balance on its tail and kick him in the chest. It would just, it would just absolutely body him. It yeah. wouldn't be a very long fight. Kangaroos, they're like really good fighters. Isn't that a thing? They kick yeah, the shit out of people. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah, I think they're pretty dangerous. Um, one more question for Malia. So during the episode of Guy's Grocery Games that I most recently watched, um, there was a challenge where they only had two and a half minutes to do the shopping. And it was for a charity. Like the uh, episode involved celebrities and chefs and... Um, they were playing for $30,000 to the charity of their choice. 
Um, so Noah and I are prepared to give you $30,000, um, not for the charity of your choice, um, but at the same time, if you don't answer this correctly, uh, then we're going to cancel our $30,000 donation to a, a charity of our choice. Um, so are you ready for the question? No. Okay. Uh, you have seven seconds to name 18 different kinds of shellfish. Three, two, one, go. I fucking, I don't know, shrimp, lobsters. All right. And that is time. And Are just there like that, that kind? Lizzie, Lizzie, wait, Lizzie, Lizzie. Ethan, did she get it? No, she didn't. Damn. Well, and we, was, we uh, were prepared. Boy, <laughs> we those prepared kids are going to be disappointed. Yeah. How many were that supposed to name? 18. Hmm. Yeah, there are three categories of shellfish, according to the internet. The three categories? Yeah, yeah there's yeah. different. How many different kinds of shrimp do you think there are? Thousands. Too many. Millions. Yeah, that's yeah but like, what was I going to do? Be like, oh, like the Santa Barbara spot, spot prawn. Like that. You could have said that. I would have believed you. Oh, yeah, that is, a, that is a perfect example of what you could have done. The Santa Barbara spot prawn is a real thing, which I know about from cooking shows. And it took me seven seconds to say that. Should have said it faster. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, maybe not right, this well, time. Actually, wait, I got, I got one more question here. And this is actually sort of serious. So I... You know how at the end of the, the show they have their like bonus round where you make your $20,000 for whatever the, the show is about. Maybe it's for you to do like to fly to Europe or maybe it's the charity. Um, and you have to like pick your ingredients. It's like the quiz and you have to pick your ingredients like that. that quiz. It's not always that, but yeah. Yeah. The idea where it's like, oh, you've won the tournament, but because you're like slower, you might only walk away with like, $12,000 instead of 20000 That always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Do you have any feelings about that? Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I actually don't ever watch that part. Um, they're, once they're done with the cooking and I know who the winner is, I, I don't care to watch them run around and maybe get money and maybe not. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, also, so you're in it purely for the food. Yeah. I, well, I also don't watch the dessert round of Chopped because I don't like dessert. So... Wait, so your favorite TV show, you don't even watch a, a fair amount of the ending of it. Yeah. Oh, God. Ethan, you write that down? Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's not the best part of the show. So why would I sit through it? Like, I don't, it takes like two minutes and they're going to get some money. I don't care. Uh, mm. Noah, what I did is I paraphrased her and I used ellipses between words. So what I wrote down was, it's not the best dot, dot, dot show. Yeah, well, that's that's what I heard. I don't. I'm not sure what you took out. I feel that. like I've never claimed that it was. <laughs> and how? What? There's so there's 21 seasons of the show. Each what's each season like 15 episodes, something like that, like mid 10. Some of them are like four episodes. It's weird. Yeah. So, I guess I I feel like you could probably I, I punched in some math on this, and it, it looks like you could probably watch the entirety of. Uh, of guys grocery games if you've never seen it in about uh like 4200 minutes um and it, it's correct me if i'm wrong Malia, it's on hulu isn't that where most cooking shows are yeah well i just watch it on the website but yeah oh can you watch it on the website for free if you have like the like verizon is the like wi-fi thingy that i have and i just clicked the button and it was like yeah here you go so i don't know oh, well, you heard it here first you can watch it on Malia's Verizon subscription. 
yeah, website. If you're physically in my house, you can watch it. You can share the password. I don't yeah. know the password. It just knows that I'm physically in my house. Okay, so go to Malia's house if you want to watch it. Yeah. And you should be able to get that figured out. Mm -hmm. All right, so moving on to Malia's second offering, which is a movie, uh, something that's kind of like a long TV show, one might say. Uh, Malia, what movie did you bring in for us? My Neighbor Totoro. Mm. And you want to give us a brief description of the plot? Um, or long, if you feel compelled. There's a family. They're in a house. There's children. One of them's older. One of them's younger. They're both girls. They meet the best woodland spirit in the world. His name is Totoro. Also, their mom is sick. And it's a beautiful film. Very interesting. And when did you first find out about this and, and watch it? Oh, I was really little um i don't know but as a child as a child yeah. yeah that's cool and do you feel like you've had the same appreciation for it like since you've seen it the first time or has that sort of changed as you've gotten older no i still i mean like when i watched it as a kid i was like i don't get it i loved it i didn't get it and then i watched it when i was older and i was like oh that's because there's really nothing to get it's just a great movie yeah, that makes sense. What do you mean by, like, nothing to get? It's not, like, plot-driven or anything. It's not, like, you know, like, beginning, middle, end, as much as it is, like, here is a family, here is Totoro. There's a little bit of resolution at the end, but it's more just kind of, like, I don't know. I don't know things about movies. I just feel like it's not about the plot as much as it is, like, look at how beautiful the animation of this woodland spirit is yeah and do you generally like less plot driven movies like more just expositional like i don't watch a lot of movies and i don't know what i like i just like what i like and i don't like what i don't like mm. profound words yeah. malia um did this remind you of winnie the pooh at all this movie no <laughs> good because <laughs> right, yeah, it reminded me <laughs> it reminded me a lot of Winnie the Pooh in so far as like there wasn't really a plot and it was uh focused on the kinds of characters that children would appreciate and like the animation style was novel is Winnie the Pooh a movie they have movies I mean I think it started as a um children's book and then they yeah. made it into a tv show and then there were movies subsequently made I encountered the books mm. yeah the movies are actually really nice I remember as a kid loving those movies Okay, so I guess this was my Winnie the Pooh then. Yeah, less animals though. Fewer, you could say. Yeah. Uh, you said um, uh, the titular character. I've used that word like five or six times now, titular, in this podcast, but I'm going to continue yeah. doing it. Was your favorite woodland spirit. Uh, go ahead and defend that because I think we have some other woodland spirits that uh, trump that one. What? Name a woodland spirit that isn't Totoro. Uh, Rockapila, a sacred tree deity in Madagascar. How fuzzy is it? Oh, it's not. It's creepy looking. Okay. So. Uh, what about Penghu, an edible dog shaped spirit in Chinese mythology? How fuzzy is it? It's actually pretty fuzzy. How big is it? Um, smaller than Totoro. There you go. Um, okay. My personal favorite, uh, the Koroks of Legend of Zelda lore. I, I don't know what that is. How fuzzy? Oh, they're not fuzzy. They're like little, um, tree people and they have fun little leaves where their face should be and they look like masks um i would say i'd contend that they're better than totoro and i would mm. contend that you're wrong what about the lorax oh that's a good one 
the Lorax, the Lorax is good, mostly because it's shaped the same as Totoro, but it's smaller and it talks, and I don't like that. Size and just not being able to talk; those are big well, things. Like, which would you rather wrap your arms around, the Lorax or Totoro? Honestly, the Lorax. Well, that's well, you're weird. I don't know. I think if I saw Totoro in the wild, I would be like, that thing looks dangerous. Yeah, I think I'd shit my pants. But he's not. You don't know that, though. Yes, I do. I saw him beating an old lady with that umbrella they gave me. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say that, Malia. Okay, yeah. fuck you. Uh, and then there's that direct-to-VHS sequel where he just goes on a, a rampage of eating children. Yeah. I like How do you think one. he got so big? Yeah, well... We're destroying the planet, so he's allowed to do it. He's allowed to eat children. Yeah, I hope that you realize that I would lay down my life for Totoro. Also, I don't, I don't like kids. So here's, I've got one last question. Then, so would you allow yourself to be eaten by Totoro, just to give him a helping hand if he's hungry? What if, uh, what if, um, well, I guess that kind of answers the question. But what if you had to be eaten in order to stop global warming? Would you do that? Yeah. What if you had to eat Totoro in order, in order to stop global warming? Like someone gave you a crossbow and a knife and they said, get out there. Those ice caps are melting. I mean, I'd have to think about it, but I think Totoro would be cool with it. No, I think he'd fight back with every, every fiber of his being. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Well, you don't know him the way I do. Just to be clear, so you like Totoro about as much as you dislike global warming. Like that's pretty much where it is. You know what? Sure. Okay. That that sounds, I mean, that's, yeah, that's pretty passionate. Yep. Yeah. Um, a major part of the movie for me is Cat Bus. How do you feel I about Cat Bus? Cat Bus. It is unbelievably weird and unsettling, and I love it. So I have a lot of questions about this animal slash vehicle. One is, does it have organs on the inside of its exterior? You know how, like, it opens up and closes to mm -hmm. let people board it? Um, within like the walls that constitute like the exterior of the bus part of cat bus, are there like organs inside there? What do we think about this? I don't know, probably. Or in like the hull. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. And so maybe just the, the, like the chassis is all like tissue yeah. or collagen or something. Okay. That makes a little more sense. Um, what about, so it has, um, like possum-like creatures where its uh, brake light should be. Do you think those are alive? Is it like a symbiotic relationship? Or are those just dead possums that someone like stapled to it? No, nah, I think it's like a symbiotic relationship. You know, like those dumb little fish that clean sharks or whatever. Or Morris, yeah. Sure. All right. Um, what about uh, when Cat Bus was small? Was there a time when it was Cat Car, when it was maybe, you know, Cat Motorcycle? Or has it always been Cat Bus? It's just a smaller bus. Wow. Shocking stuff. And then what do you think Catbus eats? Mm. It has to be carnivorous, right? Which is terrifying, but also probably necessary to sustain an animal that large. I'd like to think that it eats the unworthy. I was thinking some kind of mouse car situation, but who's to say? Besides you. I mean, I didn't write the movie. So, do you think the movie would be as watchable if the dad weren't such a hunk? Ha. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That checks out. Um, I have another question as well. 
you know how maybe uh, this is something I'm just making up and haven't read it, but um, I've read like movie analysis of the Godzilla films that, that posits that Godzilla is supposed to be a manifestation of the fear of uh, the Japanese people in the wake of um, nuclear attacks on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, this movie, I think, is set in post-war Japan, post-World War II Japan. Do you think it relates to that at all, or is it just like a fun little romp for kids? I mean, when I was a child, I was not particularly considering the effects of World War II on the world of Totoro. I was more focused on how big and fluffy he was. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Could he have been as big and fluffy in a pre-imperial Japan? Look, I, I don't know. I don't know how you want me to answer this. <laughs> Sorry, go we're ahead. We're trying to get to the bottom of the truth. That's all we're doing. I was going to say, do they make Totoro pillows? That feels like it could be a yeah, good thing. Yeah, of course they make Totoro pillows. What are you, stupid? All right, so this movie would take you, it's, it's really short. It's like, what, 80 minutes to watch, Malia? Yeah. It's like very quick. Yeah, and it's, I think right now it's on HBO Max. I'm not sure where else you could get it. I don't know. My grandmother had it on a VHS tape. No, and she's willing to, like the best way to watch and she's it. willing to lend that out. Well, she's dead, but <laughs> sorry. Um, so I guess. What about the family estate? Have they have they <laughs> specified anything about that? No, they've not. They've not decided yet who it will be bequeathed to. But I'll keep you updated. Please. So it's like a legal battle. Sure. Yeah. All right, so let's go on to the third offering, uh, a song, which is Circle Game by Joni Mitchell. Yeah. That, uh, is that bad? No. Okay. What did you find out about the song? Um, the summer camp I went to, it was one of the our camp songs, so I was probably like two or three. That seems like a pretty complicated camp song. You mean like a song everyone would sing together? Or yeah, like every night we did assembly which is it's a really small camp like the most campers that were ever there when i was there was like 60 um we'd all pack into the playhouse and like the counselors who could play instruments would all play their instruments and we would all sing a bunch of songs and that was one of them that's cool that's that's complicated lyrics for like everyone to yeah. sing with with kids yeah yeah this is also a fairly long song i think it's pushing like four and a half minutes mm-hmm those are some uh, musically talented kids, including you. Yeah, no kidding. Well, yeah. the kids didn't play any instruments. We just sang along, and we had like all the lyrics in a little songbook. Oh well, now uh, I'm not talking impressive. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you care about lyrics generally? We've had a couple of people on the podcast who have been sort of back and forth on lyrics. Yes, I care very much about lyrics. In that, if a song doesn't have lyrics, that's fine. But if a song is like very good musically, but has stupid lyrics, I can't listen to it. Uh, can you give us an example of one of those songs? Hmm. Let's see. Or like a catchy song. For instance, what's that song? I don't remember what the artist is, but the one that's like, oh, nah, honey, I'm good. Or like whatever that is. Catchy tune. The lyrics are garbage and make me uncomfortable. And therefore I hate the song. Oh, you talk about that anti grammar song? Yeah. 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 That is a catchy song, but it, it does hurt. Mm -hmm. yeah. And not grammatically correct either. Yeah. Which, you know, you think you're signing up for something when you read the artist's name. 
Yeah. These days. Yeah. Disappointing. Um, I think, do you know, um, or have you listened to Dominic Fike at all, Malia? I have. Okay. I think of him as another artist that has like catchy, uh, sometimes overproduced songs. Um, but the lyrics are sometimes just nonsense. Yeah. I still like them. Yeah. That tends to, to happen. Um, what about the lyrics do you like uh, for the Joni Mitchell song? They're really simple. I don't know. I like things. I, I feel like I fucking said this. I like things that are what they are. You know, they're simple. They're easy to understand. Yeah, it was just a big part of my childhood. So I'm emotionally attached to it. So even if it sucked, I'd probably still defend it. But I don't think it sucks. Yeah, it seems like the nostalgia factor is a pretty big deal for the for the movie and the song here. Correct. Yeah, I feel that. And and so one thing I was wondering too about uh, not not looking at the lyrics, but just um, the the musical accompaniment for this song is fairly minimalist. Is that do you generally like songs that are just acoustic guitars or just you know like not so much of a whole band production? I mean, no, like. Yeah, I like that on occasion. I like a whole band. I mostly just enjoy when it is instruments and not, like, computer-generated sounds. Although sometimes that's fine, I guess. All the beeps and boops? Yeah, I guess sometimes the beeps and boops are okay, but I, I don't like it when it's so processed that it, like, doesn't sound like someone's playing it anymore. Do you like the Postal right. Service? Like the United States Postal Service? And the band, yeah. Well, let's go with both. Um, well, I have differing opinions. All right, let's start with the band. I don't know it. Okay, and the USPS? Good. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, we have some some recon here that tells us you have a tattoo based on this song. That's pretty. That's pretty big. Yeah. Did you explain that to the tattoo artist? Or were you just like... Hit me with a circle, baby. Basically. All right. Yeah. Um, is it just, I haven't actually seen the tattoo. Is it just the circle or are there any like no, words? No, it's just a circle. I will never oh, put cool. on my body. Huh. Do you ever think about putting a circle and then just putting the word game in it? Ooh. I did not do that. Speaking of circles, um, uh, what do you think the circle game is? Fucking life, dog. Fucking life, dog. Yeah, that's fair. Um, do you like her use of a carousel as a metaphor? Like, I guess. Do you like carousels? No. Do you like horses alive or in plastic? I don't like horses. At all? Mm-hmm. Feed them to Totoro. Please. Um, if you had to pick five animals or mythical creatures to be um, in a carousel, what would you choose? Five? <sighs> yeah. I can go with mine first. Please. Okay, I'd go a seahorse because that's kind of like a horse. It's, you know, kind of knowing uh, for number one. Number two would be a scyther, the uh, the grass-type Pokemon. Are you familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that'd be a good one. Uh, number three, I think I'd go with a sloth. I think it'd be fun to uh, hang on to, like, its, its arms if they were really outstretched. Number four, I would go with um, not a lemur, but Zabumafu, the puppet lemur. Uh, on the show, the eponymous show. And number five, I think I would go with a um, a zebra. Again, kind of like a play on the horse thing. A play on the horse thing? Zebras are basically fancy horses. Correct. That's why it's not really a play on the horse thing. 
Well, it's it's getting at you know this isn't exactly a horse, but it's horses horse. are. It's a fancy horse. Not tuxedo that. horse. Noah, that's not what a tuxedo looks like. You don't know that. Um, what? Oh Jesus! Noah only right, well, has animal print tuxedos, so <laughs> I don't know what you're yeah, talking. That would be sick. Yeah, they're nice. I'd love to know some other like favorite Joni Mitchell songs of yours. Um, I don't listen to other Joni Mitchell songs. Gotcha. It's more. It's like a one-hit wonder situation. Well, this is how I listen to almost all music. Um, oh man, this is. I'm gonna get ripped apart for this one. I don't know. It's like it's not like I listen to the song because I love. Joni Mitchell it's because I sang it a lot at camp and then eventually when I was older I was like oh this is a real song and not a song that they made up at my summer camp which I thought as a child yeah I mean that's so it's like I listen to it for that reason and like a lot of songs I will listen to like a lot of albums or artists I'll listen to like one song from the album and it's not like I don't like the other ones it's just that I've never given them a listen I don't know. Hmm. I listen to some artists the same way. I just like one of their songs and uh, listen to that till I'm sick of it. And then move on to other songs and eventually come back to that one when I'm like, oh yeah, I really liked that song a while ago. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of uh, mistaking songs that were actually written for, um, are written by uh, songwriters or actual artists versus like, you know, summer camp people or amateurs. Um, the song Hey Jealousy by the Gin Blossoms, I thought our uh, guest from last week, Mike Burns, wrote that because he played it one time at like a college like party slash concert. And I thought it was amazing. I was like, Mike, that was such a great song. Like, that was amazing. And he was like, yeah, thanks, man. But didn't specify that it wasn't his song because he assumed everyone knew it was by the Gin Blossoms. And then years later, I was like, hey, Mike, what was the name of that song that you wrote? You know, it went like, na, 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 na. And he's like, wait, what? That's by the Gin Blossoms. Um, so yeah, Head Jealousy, not written by Mike Burns, written by the Gin Blossoms. Yeah, he's the trickster, that kid. Yeah, much like uh, the Madagascar forest spirit, uh, whose name is... Yeah, scroll back up. Rakapila. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a sacred tree day. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with Tapio, the god of the forest in Finnish mythology. <laughs> okay, so today Malia has brought us uh, her first offering, which was Guy's Grocery Game. Uh, her second offering, which was My Neighbor Totoro. And her third offering, which was Circle Game by Joni Mitchell. I think you said we've, we've got what we need. You feeling good? No, but that's more of a medical thing than anything. All right, so why don't we why don't we send Malia to another room and and we'll talk this stuff through. And you can hear her walking away like a. Creak. Yeah. That was the door opening and then closing. Creak. Yeah. I get some oh, grease on those. Thank goodness she left, Noah. Oh my so god. Much to say about her. <laughs> what's good for the goose? More like what's good for the gander. I guess I fundamentally just don't think her hands are that big. Yeah, Ethan. Look, we don't fuck Totoro. Okay, no one's arguing with that. She didn't even talk about the environmental ramifications of cat bus. Why didn't she say anything about Guy's facial hair? Okay, Malia, come back in. Uh, no, we really gotta fix that door. 
Yeah, it's funny how we heard the footsteps on the other side of it too this time. That's confusing. Well, she, Malia's a stomper. We all know that. Yeah. Much like Totoro. He floats, jackass. Yeah, but, but he that time he did that huge jump right next to the road and everything went blah, 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 blah. And he does it loudly. He floats loudly. Yeah. No, he does. Okay. Anyways, Malia, thanks so much for being on the show. We really appreciated your offerings. But at the end of the day, we have concluded that you do not have good taste. You like what you like, but we don't like what you like because you like it. And uh, because of that, you're a grapefruit. I thought I'd be more defensive about it, but then I realized that I don't care what you think about the things that I like. It's so. the most hurtful thing someone could say to us. Well, Malia, do you want to say anything to, to your fans before we kick you off? Do you have any plugs? Yeah, anything you want to plug? Like a, like a leaky faucet or something? Hair? Uh, Alexis McCall, you were mean to me in high school. <laughs> <laughs>